Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read Wikipedia for you, a reliable source if ever there was one. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, also known as the Missouri Synod, is a traditional confessional Lutheran denomination in the United States with 1.8 million members. It is the second largest Lutheran body in the United States. The LCMS was organized on April 26, 1847 at a meeting in Chicago, Illinois, as the German Evangelical Lutheran Synod of Missouri, Ohio, and other states. And I would read the German here, but it would make your ears bleed, so I will not do that. And so we have in this, in this realization of what we've just seen and the words we just heard, this heritage which has been passed down to us by... German Evangelical Lutherans. Now, I could talk for a while about the history of the LCMS, and it'd probably make my seminary professors happy that I knew it well, but you would fall asleep, so I will not do that. But instead, what I will do is I will talk about the heritage that we have, the heritage of faith that's been passed down to us. So what is it that makes us the church? We certainly are using that word church today with a very specific purpose, right? The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We are a body of believers who hold to a testimony and agree with a confession of faith together. So that's one way of using church. There's also, you know, the building we're in is the church. You could say the people you're sitting next to, we are the church together. You could say that we're all a part of the Missouri District, ourselves and other congregations form the Missouri District in the church. You could say we're part of the church in America and that we have a specific role to play in our society. And these are all good forms of use of that word church, but there's one that's even better, even higher. I'm going to call it the capital C church. And what I mean by that is that we are inheritors of a legacy of faith that is beyond simply 175 years of God's faithfulness, but that traces all the way back to in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. When God made the first man and woman and said he'll be with them. Indeed, ever since that time, God has been present with his people and his faithfulness and his love for us has been seen. And since that time, we have been the church. Now, the proper church was started a little bit later when this man named Jesus came around. And when he did all of these things, he promised to send his helper to be with his disciples so that the church here on earth could thrive And indeed, God was faithful to them. And so we have this wonderful legacy of faith, which goes not just back 175 years, but actually it goes back much further than that. And we are a part of the Big C, capital C, church. So what does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to have a confession of faith like that of the early church. Well, we, luckily, we have a great example of that today in our gospel lesson. In our gospel lesson today, we have this amazing example 
in Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And they all respond, well, some say you're John the Baptist, reincarnated, because he's been killed at this point. Others say you're Elijah, a prophet of the Old Testament. Some say Jeremiah or another one of the prophets. They don't quite know what to do or what to think about Jesus. But then Jesus asks them, the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter steps up and says this. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And with this simple one line, one sentence statement, Jesus begins his church. And he says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. Nope. You didn't come to this conclusion all by yourself. No one else told you about this. Instead, this came from one source and one source only. This came from my Father in heaven. This reality, this truth that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the Messiah, the promised one of old, it comes from God. It's a blessing and a gift from him. And that is why we rejoice as the church, because we too stand on that same principle. We stand on this same confession of faith. This same sentence is ours to speak as it was for Peter's thousands of years ago. And it's the same sentence that will be proclaimed from pulpits and in homes and in schools for generations to come. That Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's what makes us the church. Is it the fact that we're all descended from Saxon Lutheran Germans who sailed across the sea? Well, some of us actually probably are descended from those people, but many of us are not. So our heritage doesn't come to us from a cultural background or even an a intellectual or theological purely background. Our heritage comes to us through the faith which has been handed down from generation to generation with this core principle at its center, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so we, the church, the capital C Church, confess this when we join together. It's the name into which we were baptized. It's the, the profession of faith we make when we say, I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, I believe in God the Holy Spirit. It's the same belief that strengthens us to approach his table and receive his body and his blood. That is the true reality of being the capital C church. And so it's this legacy of faith which makes us who we are today, as much as any other legacy of faith. But yet we rejoice in God's faithfulness, not just in these grander terms, but also in these smaller terms as well, that this church body, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, has been here faithfully proclaiming the gospel and giving the sacraments so that you might receive his body and blood for 175 years. That's worth celebrating. Because God's faithful work goes on and has more to do. I wanted to say happy birthday to you guys. 175 years, looking pretty good for your age. But that's really not what today is. It's not really a birthday, it's 
much more apt to call it an anniversary because that's how Christ describes his church. It's a marriage. Christ the husband, we the bride. We are the bride of Christ, his church. And when you think about that, it's amazing to think that 175 years of anniversary has gone on because I don't know how many of you are 75, probably very few, if any, probably nobody. I actually did some research on this and found that there are, there are certain gifts that you're supposed to give to your spouse. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. My wife is so deprived, you know. But on your first anniversary, you're supposed to give a paper gift. I just celebrated my fifth anniversary, and apparently, I was supposed to give my wife something made out of wood. Didn't know that. Uh, Ten years is aluminum. A little underwhelming. Fifteen is crystal. That's pretty good. Twenty-five is silver. Hey, all right, we're getting somewhere now. Fifty, here's the good stuff. Gold. That's a good one, right? Oh, and they, they go beyond 50 now. Uh, they, does anyone know what 60 is? Nobody? Diamond. Good job. So they have a 60th now. They've recently added that one, I think, because there's more people who are making it to their 60th anniversary to celebrate it, and they needed something to market to the people so that they would buy things and contribute to the economy. Diamonds. Now, they don't have 70 on here, but I'm assuming probably later on they'll add 72. As more people make it to 70, they'll try and figure out how to make money off of them. But I thought, I looked at this list and I thought, well, okay, but what about 175th anniversary, right? What do you give on the 175th anniversary of marriage? Well, it's not on here and I don't think you'll really find it, but I figured out what it is. Here's what it is. The gift that you give your beloved on 175 years of marriage is this blood and flesh and death and suffering how's that because let's be honest that's what we've received for our 175th anniversary right how much did our husband love us not gold or rubies or silver or paper or wood but blood and flesh and death, and suffering. That's how much he has loved all of us. And also life. That's the, that's the other gift. So we have in this beautiful relationship with Jesus, this image of what our own relationships should look like. But we admit that for our own, uh, from our own perspective, this relationship with Jesus is one that's very one-sided. As a bride... We're not exactly the, the best bride you can imagine. We've been unfaithful. We've been quarrelsome. We've been downright violent against him. We've been divisive and argumentative. We've gone astray from his desire. We've not done all that we've been called to do in faithfulness to him. In all accounts, by all accounts, we're a pretty wretched spouse. But that's the beauty of this relationship is that the other side of things is, looks the exact opposite. Absolute faithfulness. A beautiful gift given daily of sacrificial love. 
And that's the wonderful blessing that we have as his church, as his bride, to come into this body of believers, the capital C Church, and receive through our confession that he is the son of the living God, to receive our husband's blessed gifts. Jesus Christ gives us his body and his blood as we come to the table. Not today, but often. He he reminds us of the name that he wrote onto us when he joined us in his family at baptism. He reminds us of his daily walk with us as we pray, as we receive his gifts, as we join in his mission work. And his faithfulness is absolute. And it is without end. And that is the beauty, in my mind, of celebrating 175 years in an anniversary. Is that we have, on one side, faithlessness, and on the other side, a perfect depiction of faithfulness. And Jesus' faithfulness is so powerful, so all-encompassing, that it completely erases our shortcomings. It forgives them all. And he loves us all the more. And he shows us the lengths to which he will go for his love and his faithfulness to us, his bride. And we humbly return to his house. And we say, Lord, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. As your bride, I have been unfaithful, but I receive your forgiveness. I receive your infinite blessings that I might take those blessings and allow them to transform me through the life which you have given to me as a 175th anniversary present, I will put that to good use. I will, I will endeavor to follow your example and be faithful to your purposes. And so that's why we come in here, to be equipped by his gifts and then to go out in, in total forgiveness and total newness of life to do the things that he commands. To be faithful to our husband, Jesus Christ. That's the the beautiful depiction of marriage that we see in this 175th anniversary. And this truly is the the reason why we have a, a blessing from Almighty God every single day as we come into his presence. Every single week when we enter into his house. Now, certainly for 175 years, God has been faithful to this congregation, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We Hope that we have 175 more years of his faithfulness to us. Hopefully the Senate will be around in 175 years. I know one thing, though, is we don't have to hope for his faithfulness for 175 years. Even if this Senate does not exist in 175 years, I can guarantee you of one thing. God's faithfulness will be there for your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and their great-grandkids. Because think of 175 years ago when a pastor stood in front of a congregation and said that exact phrase in German, which I can't say, God will be there for your great-grandkids and their great-grandkids, many of whom are sitting in this room right now. That's the faithfulness God has for you and for your children and generations to come. He's the God of Genesis. He's the God of the Exodus. He's the God of the exile. He's the God of the return to Israel. He's a God of slavery. He's 
bringing people out of slavery. He's a God who was there when Jesus came into the world. He's the God who was coming upon the disciples to empower them to start the church and has been there ever since. He's the God of the Reformation. He's the God of that, those boats that crossed over the Atlantic Ocean with Saxon Germans in them. He's the God of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He's the God of King of Kings Lutheran Church. He's the same God, and he will be there for you. His faithfulness is infinite in its magnitude and in its ability to last forever. And so that is the promise we, as the Bride of Christ, get to celebrate, is that our beloved Jesus will always be faithful to us. And so we endeavor to be faithful to him and show our love for those that he gives us to love in our lives. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for calling us this day to continue in the work of your church, to share the forgiveness of sins, to proclaim the good news of the gospel, to receive your gifts and offer our, praise, our prayers and our praises. Lord, we pray your faithfulness would continue to be with us in this church, in this church body of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, but with each of us and with the generations to come, that you would call us out of darkness and into your wondrous light. We pray this all in Jesus' holy and precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.